Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And welcome back to another episode of Market Bites. I am Josh Gilbert. Uh, just a quick reminder to give us a like, share, subscribe uh, on this podcast episode, wherever you're watching, whether it's YouTube, whether it is on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, a slightly different voice you're hearing today. It is me. I'm back again after a bit of a hiatus. You're not hearing Mr. Norse's voice. We have uh, we've done a bit of a swapsy. Sam's gone away and uh, and I'm back but a staple who seems to be staying with us on the market bites podcast at the moment is Mr Ben Laidler our global market strategist at Etoro Ben how are you doing today Yeah good uh, welcome back from your sabbatical oh sorry holiday Yeah yeah it, it is it, it it's fair to say that it was it was a fair period of time away and we had a bit of a catch up on Monday and I was saying how Three weeks away from markets can leave me feeling slightly out of touch, but we're we're back at it now, um, and we've got a big ep- episode ahead. There's plenty to cover um, because we're going to dive into rates across the globe because we've got a huge week of central bank decisions. We're also going to look at some of the risks in markets right now. Um, as I was away, it seems that crude oil has, has slowly crept up, and and we've spiked uh, above ninety dollars a barrel for the first time since November 2022. And of course, IPOs. Again, I went away and it seems that the IPO flurry has has come back. We had Arm last week. We've got Instacart this week and, and some other big names coming through as well. Um, how does that all sound, Ben? Yeah, great. Uh, sounds very quiet. <laughs> yeah, a quiet week as usual in financial markets, as has been the case over the last couple of years. Um, so first things first, let's start with rates, interest rates, central banks. Uh, as we said, then it's a massive week from central banks. We've got the Fed, we've got the Bank of England, and we've got the Bank of the Bank of Japan. All three of those names are handing down their latest interest rate decisions. So, firstly, Ben, what are we expecting from all three of these central banks? Will it just be the Bank of England that we see making moves? Uh, and then, secondly, what are the differences and also the similarities between all three? Because we're at that stage now where we are starting to see pivots from central banks and some changes. You know, we've got these question marks over, will they hike, won't they hike? Um, so what are we seeing and, and what can we expect? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a sort of central bank extravaganza week. Um, you know, the Fed's obviously the sort of granddaddy of them all and, you know, set for, you know, meeting later today, Wednesday. So the futures uh, are pricing a 99% probability of no change. From the current, you know, five point two five percent. So, you know, God help us if they, um, if they do hike. Um, but you know, I, I think the focus is really going to be on the press conference and on the sort of so-called dot plot of their sort of economic and interest rate, you know, projections. Uh, I think the macro outlook is a little bit Goldilocks. I think they're going to bring down the inflation 
outlook, maybe push up the GDP outlook, uh, and maybe just keep one more hike in the dot plot just to sort of keep markets um, keep markets on their on on their toes. Right, they're going to keep their options open. They're going to stay data dependent, um, and that I think leaves it as a bit of a coin toss whether we see a sort of final small hike, you know, later in the year. But you know. We've come 525 basis points. You know, what's another 25 between friends, right? Basically, we're done. Uh, and we're watching and waiting, you know, for the rate hikes that we have seen to start having a bigger impact on the economy and inflation. And that, of course, you know, sets us up for rate cuts next year. So, you know, I think we're done. Um, the Bank of England, unfortunately, doesn't have that luxury, uh, you know, notwithstanding, you know, the much better than expected inflation we had out of the UK literally, you know, half an hour ago. You know, both headline and core numbers falling um, on less food and less housing pressures. We actually thought the numbers, you know, could have both those numbers could have risen. So, you know, pretty good, uh, pretty good number. Um, but, you know, these are still the highest, pretty much the highest inflation numbers, you know, in the world. So there's a Bank of England meeting on Thursday. They will hike another 25 basis points to 5.5 percent. But I think the real hope now is that these inflation numbers give them a bit more breathing room, that this may be the top of the cycle, that they may feel they've sort of done enough and therefore can join the Fed and the ECB at the top of the interest rate cycle. So this, you know, this global interest rate cycle uh, is, is, is sort of topping out. We've had the big increases. Uh, now we're, um, you know, basically pausing. Uh, the two others I would quickly flag, um, Bank of Japan, you mentioned they're meeting on Friday. This remains, you know, the big global interest rate outlier. Interest rates in Japan still, you know, negative 0.1%. They haven't even started raising interest rates yet, even as others are sort of, uh, you know, finishing. They're inching towards hiking rates. So, that you know, there's an outside chance we get a rate hike surprise on uh, Friday. But um, I think it's basically coming sort of later in the year. Um, obviously, they did hike big implications for the yen, which is pretty much the cheapest and worst performing major currency, uh, you know, in the world. Yeah. And then finally, just on Brazil, you know, market we don't talk you know, very much about their meeting, their central banks meeting today. They're going to slash rates. They've been slashing rates um, uh, for a couple of months now. They are leading this decline in uh, you know, interest rates. Um, they were first to hike. So inflation's been falling there. They've high real interest rates, you know, plenty of room to keep cutting. So you know, Brazil's at the front of this turndown in global interest rates. Uh, Japan hasn't even started yet so at the back. And the Fed, the ECB, and now, you know, potentially the Bank of England on Thursday, you know, are in the in the middle at this sort of pause. Yeah. And, and I guess there's just maybe a couple of things to note there is with that, Ben, is, as well. You mentioned the yen and, and the weakness that that's had this year, given um, obviously negative interest rates. I think we saw the the pound drop uh, fairly, fairly sharply this morning uh, on the back of that inflation reading, on the back of what is likely to mean that the Bank of England are are going to begin winding down their extensive hiking cycle here in Australia. We've seen that Aussie dollar really come under pressure with the RBA staying on on pause over the last sort of couple of months. I guess that's something for investors just to keep an eye on, maybe a little bit of weakness coming through in, in currencies as these central banks do begin to, to sort of wind down. Um, and on top of that, we mentioned earlier about some of the risks in markets right now, um, and none is probably more glaring than oil topping $90 for the first time, as we said earlier, since November last year. And it seemingly isn't slowing down either. Um, I think I saw that Chevron CEO said that he believes the oil will top $100 uh, before the end of 2023. So again, a big risk um, you know, for, for a number of reasons, which we'll get into. Then throw in 
the risk of a US government shutdown from the 1st of October and the United Auto Workers strike. Uh, there are a few things that are worrying investors. So, Ben, what are your thoughts on all of that and, and how do we see this playing out? Uh, so we're climbing a wall of worry, right? Over oil prices, the UAW sort of auto strike, um, this sort of double October first deadline, both for a US government, you know, shutdown, and it's the restart of student repayment uh, loans in the uh, in 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 the US. So you know, plenty to worry about, uh, as there always is, right? It's the nature of markets. Um, I think oil's the big one. Uh, I sort of laughed when you said the Chevron CEO thinks it's going to go over 100, right? Because of course he would, right? As you know, the one of the biggest oil producers in the world, you know, but um, you know, high oil prices is the worry, right? That's a double negative. It's a massive tax on the consumer. Everything extra you're spending at the pump is, you know, less money you're spending sort of elsewhere. Uh, just the rise in U.S. gasoline prices we've seen so far this year has taken about $100 billion out of consumer spending, which just to put that in perspective, that's about four Macy's annual sales. So, you know, it's pretty chunky. Um, and, uh, and, and, it's obviously going to feed through, I think, in the fullness of time into sort of inflation expectations. And, and the risk there is, you know, that keeps the Fed just, you know, a little bit more reticent about, uh, you know, uh, cooling off on, uh, on, 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 on interest rates. But, and I think this is crucial, um, you know, oil may absolutely go higher here, but I think every dollar you go higher above $90, the closer you get to the sort of self-correction because people are going to worry more about inflation. They're going to worry more about interest rates. They're going to therefore worry that growth is going to slow, uh, firstly. And secondly, you know, every oil user in the world, as oil sort of moves above $90, is thinking, OK, how can I use a little bit less oil? So, you know, I do think this is ultimately self-correcting. That doesn't mean, though, that we don't have to live through some sort of volatility and angst before all that all happens. Uh, the other risks you mentioned, I think, you know, maybe just to cut it short, are largely red herrings, right? Um, you know, autos looks like a big deal. It's a third of U.S. manufacturing. The federal government's a quarter of U.S. GDP. Um, you know, they all look important, you know, but crucially, history says these things don't actually last very long. And B, it's happening at a time when the U.S. economy is just going gangbusters, right? So, you know, if I was being cheeky, I would say, you know, a little bit of a slowdown even if it's introduced by, you know, a government shutdown and, and an order worker strike is, um, you know, maybe a bit unconventional, but it's uh, not, um, you know, not too much of a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just going back to the point of, of oil there as well, um, you know, we, we've seen that that volatility come through with oil over the last sort of couple of years and, and moving back towards that $100 price mark is is something for, for traders to ultimately keep an eye on because, you know, how long can, can those higher prices be sustained? We also had those price cuts earlier in the year that really failed to sort of come to fruition around that sort of May, June time and, and clearly now look to be sort of having that effect from from the cartel that is is OPEC. Um, finally, Ben, on to some more sort of more positive news, I guess we could say, talking about IPOs. Um, it feels like it's been a lifetime without them, um, certainly after the boom that we had in 2021 last week we saw arm holdings list on the nasdaq in what was the the largest ipo uh, since rivian in october 2021 again going back to that uh, wave of of ipo hype that we had um so it was a big wait obviously for uh, for a big chunky ipo um in, in that time but it was a successful first day with shares up 25 percent. but the ipo fever is is sort of picking up isn't it we had uh, instacart 
uh, overnights on Tuesday night. So we're filming this on, on a Wednesday. Again, another big name that hit the shelves and, and did pretty well. I think it was up uh, 12% on its debut. We've also got marketing firm Clivo uh, and Birkenstock as well. So the question is, Ben, why is this happening now? Uh, and is this good news for markets? Yeah, so, you know, let's call it an IPO four, right, rather than sort of full-on fever, um, given that, you know, we have seen precious few, you know, IPOs in the last, uh, you know, in the last 18 months or so. But, you know, it's a sign of corporate sentiment improving, um, you know, alongside, you know, the improvement in investments and investors' sentiment and, you know, the higher markets we've seen uh, sort of this year. So, you know, I think it's a good thing. Um, it also is going to give investors sort of some new choices, uh, in markets. Uh, and as you say, there are clearly more to come, both in the US, you know, but also in, in Europe. And they've been well received so far with the arm gains curl up yesterday. Um, and we've got more to come. Um, but, you know, we're a very, very long way from the sort of euphoria of 2021, which, you know, sucked up a lot of uh, investor demand for stocks, um, you know, diverted demand, you know, maybe into IPOs and away from the broader stock market. And I think was definitely one of the ingredients of the sell off that we, you know, ultimately saw. Um, but, you know, we're a very, very long way from that, right? You know, US companies are buying about $800 billion of their own stock, you know, every year. So that's a huge offset to the, uh, to, to the IPOs. And just, you know, to go even further back, just to give even more context, you know, the number of stocks listed in the US today, is still about 40% lower than it was, you know, at peak. So if you think about this in sort of supply demand terms, you know, there's a lot less stuff to buy today than there has been historically. So, you know, these tend to be the sort of stronger, more established companies that are coming to sort of markets now. They seem to be coming at sort of okay valuations. Markets seem to be receiving them pretty well. Um, and, and it's giving us more options, right? Especially in, you know, places like Germany, where, you know, there, there are certainly a lot less options than there are in the US. So I think, you know, um, everything in moderation, all good for now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think after what was a, a pretty... Uh, slow year, I think it's fair to say, in, in 2022 for IPOs, given the sort of the, the current market. I think we've already surpassed uh, the number of IPOs um, in 2022 so far in 2023 already. But we've got a long, long way to go to, to get to what was uh, a record year in, in 2021. But as you say, then it looks like that corporate sentiment is improving and it's being well received by investors as well. As we mentioned, the you know, the arm uh, arm listing up 25%, cart listing up um, 12% on, on its opening day as well. So let's hope for the same with, with Birkenstock and those other names that we've mentioned there um that's it uh look a very big week ahead so um obviously feel free to, to sort of reach out if you have any questions on what's going to be happening with central banks over the next couple of weeks ben thank you as always for joining yeah thanks everyone trade safe uh, so we're climbing a wall of worry you have been listening to digest and invest by etoro for more information use etoro.com 